All right. Bippity boppity bippity boo. That's a new testing for an introduction. Bippity boppity bippity boo. I am not sure where that came, come, comes from, but I've got my dog at my feet here, my golden doodle Millie. And uh, it's a Monday morning where I'm at. Uh, I don't know when you're going to hear this, but it's Monday morning where I'm at. And I am going to talk today about the two big reasons Christians should pursue success. All right. Even the idea that we need to convince Christians that they should be pursuing success, that they can be successful, that God wants them to be successful, that possibly God designed them for success in some areas of their life, even that we have to go about convincing people of that seems odd. But when we dig into the, the, the work that the enemy has done in our soul to minimize us, to have us embrace false humility, to have us call everything that pursues success prideful, then I think we begin to understand that more. But this is not a podcast on those things. It's on the two big reasons Christians should pursue success. And by success, I mean pursuing and accomplishing your vision and your goals, okay? Because success is not what somebody else wants you to have. Success is not what somebody else tells you you should get and you should own and you should do and who you should be. It's not what your mom, your friends, your dad, your culture, a book, your pastor, your denomination tells you you should have or do or be or go. It is what you want to accomplish, what you want to put your life to. And that's always the first step in success is like getting clear on what do I want? I like to say something like, where do I want to go? What do I want to have? What do I want to do? And who do I want to be? I think that covers just about everything. Okay, so success means vastly different things to different people. Here's an example of that. At one time in my life, I was like, man, I would love to make $25,000 a year in the 1980s. I was making 14-something, and four years later at a private Christian school, I was making 17, and I was dreaming of 25. I had friends who 25 would have been just a huge cut and pay for them. But for me, 25 would be a lot. So see, my definition of success was completely different than another person's definition of success. Somebody can say, hey, I want to lose 25 pounds. And somebody else can say, wow, I need to gain 20 pounds because I can't keep weight on. And both of these reasons are reasons that have been big in my life. They're, they're things that uh, taste bitter when I heard them. All right. So, and I want to I want to describe what tasting bitter sounds like. So, this first one <clears throat> says, "I was blessed to be a blessing," and it tastes bitter when I say that I am blessed to be a blessing. And when I start, and and it might be easy to say that for you, and again, a generalized area, generalized way. I'm blessed to be a blessing. Hallelujah. I'm blessed to be a blessing. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I'm the head, not the tail. 
I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about I am blessed and I am blessed in this way. And I'm blessed in this way to be a blessing in this way, specifically to who I am and how I was built and what I've done in my life. Okay. So to say, to say the scripture generally doesn't really, isn't offensive. It doesn't hurt my brain. It doesn't hurt my soul. It doesn't fill me with regret, but to say, I am blessed with wisdom and I am blessed to in wisdom to be a blessing of wisdom to others. That feels bitter, ridiculous, because I haven't walked in wisdom. I am blessed financially to be a blessing financially to others, and yet I can't keep my own finances in order. But I keep having this suspicion. I keep getting words that I'm to be a blessing financially. Then it tastes bitter when it comes out of my mouth. I like to use the word bitter because it's a scriptural word, uh, uh, the, 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 the water that tastes bitter. OK, so this you were blessed to be a blessing comes out of Genesis 12 to it's and I, I'm going to just have a, just you can look this up. Genesis 12, one through three, and it's I will make you a great nation. I will bless you abundantly and make your name great, exalted, distinguished, and you shall be a blessing, a great source of good to others. So. That picture for me 20 years ago was like, what the heck? I don't see how that can happen. But when we begin to pursue scripture and the experience that scripture tells us we can be having, instead of keeping uh, the inner voice going of all of our experience where I haven't been a blessing, all of the experience in my life where I'm not a blessing, but we start saying, scripture says I can have it scripture says I am this scripture says it how is it specifically true in my life at my age where I'm at in my year of, of, of 2023 my age of being 60 what does it look like me to be blessed and for me to be a blessing so that's a question for you to ask yourself so in the scripture God will make me a great nation. God will bless me abundantly. God will distinguish my name. I will be a source of blessing to others. And that's all question mark. God will make me a great nation. Okay. And as I started to learn more and more about this is I took it a step further and I said, I am a great nation. God is blessing me abundantly. God is distinguishing my name. I am a source of blessing to others, even while I don't feel great, even while I don't feel blessed, even while I don't feel like I have any influence or any distinction to my name, and even when I don't feel like I'm blessing anybody, in fact, when I feel like I'm not blessing them, but possibly hurting them, okay? okay. So I am a great nation. When I say that, without a question mark, it tastes bitter. It feels wrong. It feels impossible. You know what? It does until I start reshaping my brain and my brain starts going, I am a great man. God is blessing me abundantly. God is distinguishing my name. I am a source of blessing to others. And then I begin to look for where I'm great. 
how I'm great specifically, where God is blessing me, where I'm distinguishing, where God's distinguishing my name, and where I'm a blessing to others. So I am not waiting on God for something Jesus has already provided for me. I'm not begging God for something he does not want to give to me. I'm not begging God to be somebody that he doesn't want me to be. I want you to hear that because our prayer is full of doubt and disbelief. And it's a religious prayer that allows for no response from heaven. Because the authentic prayer would be, I don't think I'm great. I don't think you made me anything special. I think you made a mistake when you made me. Help me with that doubt and that disbelief. Help me line up to who you are and to who you say I am. Because right now, I'm doubting that I am who you say I am. But I want to be. I want to walk in that. All right? So the second big reason Christians should pursue success is that we were designed for good works. And this is what happens, I think, a lot of times is people say, oh, good works. I'm all works are filthy rags. It's not. It's self-righteous works are filthy rags. There are right good works that we were created to do out of the righteousness of the Lord that he gives us. We were all created and designed. We were put on earth to do good works. If you're not doing works, you're not doing the Christian life right. You're going to be miserable if you just sit around and avoid doing work. And all the good works that can come out of us, all the fruit that can be produced, is not all dancing and singing and turning water into wine. There is painful stuff in our works that happens inside of us so that we can grow and mature and come to the fullness of who we are created to be. So the scripture for me in this, it's uh, it's this idea that we're handmade, that I'm handmade by God, that I was designed and crafted. I was put together according to blueprints for good works, and I can walk in the good life that God has planned for me. I like to call it the journey life. I can walk in the journey life. The journey life is that life of joy and unity with the Holy Spirit and a continued um entrance into more and more promises, more and more relationship, more and more hope and peace and joy. So this scripture has been around with me for close to three decades now that I was designed for good works. I'm handmade. Ephesians 2.10 says, we are God's handiwork created in Christ to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. All right. If you were created for good works, aren't you created to have success in those good works? Or does God make junk? Is that t-shirt, God don't make no junk with the little kid on the shirt, is that t-shirt true or is it false? Of course it's true. God makes us for success. We're created for success. I am handmade. I am designed for good works. I can walk. I will walk. I am walking in the good life. He has for me. This is what often happens. We say those things 
and our brain starts buzzing and offering us contradicting proof of why these things are not true. There's no way you were created with a special design. There's no way you're set apart. There's no way you're gifted and anointed and talented in something. There's no way you can have influence over people and draw people into the kingdom. There's no way you can live a happy life. Those are all lies that the enemy presents, and he presents them through our brain. He offers us those thoughts, and we then add the proof of, that's right. I am a failure. I remember when I did this. I remember when this happened to me. I remember when I was rejected. I remember when I was let go from my job. I remember this right here. All of these things begin to detail and tell us why scripture is not true. And the proof that our brain offers us should just be data that helps us go, oh, I'm out of alignment with the Holy Spirit. I'm out of alignment with Scripture. I'm out of alignment with the heart of God for me. My emotions are sensors that go beep, 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 beep. You're getting off track. Yo, nope, you're not a loser. Nope, nope, you're not the best thing since sliced bread. You're, you're God's child. You're anointed. You're his favored. All, and it, be, it helps beep us in. But it's data, and when we hear the negative thoughts offered to us by experience, offered to us by our brain, offered to us by the enemy of our soul, we can look at it as just simple data that's telling us where our life is lying and Scripture and our Heavenly Father is not lying. Okay? Again, into back into the good works, I want us to embrace that we are created for good works. And I want us to then say, these are the good works God has in me for me in 2023. And these are the good works. And this is how I'm going to get there. And that's a goal setting. That's a vision. I, I, am, I have an identity. I have, I have a, a destiny. God's created me for something more than I'm doing right now. And in 2023, I'm going to go after these three things. And in 2023, I'm going to go after these three things again. And I'm going to go... I'm going to set these steps, goals. I'm going to set these steps in order. I'm going to go after these things. All right? That's vision and goal setting. That's destiny, vision, and goal setting. And I'm going to find out on my way that there's some big things I've done in my life that have stopping me from having self-discipline. They're stopping me from every time I get a stub toe, I stop moving forward in my goals. And so I need more perseverance. I need more courage. I need more hope. I need more connection with other people. I need more mentorship. I need more faith. I need more confidence in who I am. And so that's data that's presented to us. And it's not negative. It's just data. It's just simple data. So I want us to embrace it. We're created for good works. I want us to embrace that for 2023, and there's an abundance in the good works that God has for me, and there's a joy and a place and a peace in that area, all right? In those areas where God has called us and designed us to be something, it's in those areas we can be successful. I am not a successful businessman. I'm a successful minister of the gospel. 
One's not better than the other. It's just the one I, I chose for 30 years. I'm, I'm not a successful piano player. I'm a successful life coach. I'm not a successful musician, or artist, poet. I'm a successful something else. In order for me to embrace my unique identity, in order for me to embrace my design, I have to say I'm made for this. And there's 990 other things I'm not made for. And I can be okay with that. In fact, I can celebrate that I'm weak in those areas. So what do we do now? You're listening to this and you're thinking, wow, I struggle a lot that success is even something I can have. And I think maybe scripture says that I shouldn't even want success. Well, I'm going to tell you that that's a poverty mindset. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to distinguish the difference between a poverty mindset and the spirit, the demonic spirit in your soul or upon your soul of poverty, but it's those. It's a poverty mindset. It's a spirit of poverty, and there's freedom you can have in that. And some of you might have already had some spiritual freedom, some awareness of, oh, my gosh, I struggle with a spirit of poverty, with a spirit of the mindset of poverty, but you've never then been coached and moved forward into what does it now look like that I'm set free from that spirit of poverty, but I still have a mindset of poverty. And how do I begin to change my mind? So this podcast and what I write, a lot of it goes, uh, not the spirit of poverty per se, but it helps you take every thought captive, which is our part in our journey forward. So keep listening. Please share and like, put a little heart on this podcast and share what you like. Email it to a friend, post it, tell somebody I was, th I read this, I listened to this, I saw this, I thought of you and shoot it to them. Follow me on the Substack, and I'm also on YouTube, which every once in a while there's links in here of a you know, free open coaching session. Um, there's going to be, there, there's links to the YouTube that will have this on video, but to do that, there's also a great for me, that's been super helpful is Steve and Wendy Backland from Igniting Hope Ministries. You can just Google Steve and Wendy Backland, B-A-C-K-L-U-N-D, Igniting Hope Ministries. He's got a really super good, clear way to changing mindsets. And um, man, he was deeply offensive when I heard him. I was like, this is name it, claim it. And it's like, no, this is training your brain to line up with the heavens, all right? And with what the kingdom of God has in store for you here on earth. All right, God bless you. Have a great week. And I am praying, hoping, and believing in your continued success in everything God has for you. All right.